Welcome back to the Longshot Club, episode 21. We're going to be dealing with Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, I wasn't planning on watching this and making them watch it until much later. Uh, I've seen it before once. Um, complicated movie. I like it, but I don't know if these two will. Oh, boy. The catch is it's about to leave HBO Max, so we have to hop on this bad boy sooner rather than later. So... Yay. What do the two of you know going into this damn thing? Uh, mm. Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Sex cult or something. Mm-hmm. The end. Yep. Oh, I take the back. Nicole Kidman. Yes. Okay, now the end. Um, I have a... It's more like a question or a theory or something, because I feel Go like... Go for it! I feel like he's told me about this, and I already forgot what he told me. Yes. So, like, isn't it like he thinks his wife cheats on him, so he, like, cheats on her to get back at her... And then a whole bunch of crazy shit happens, and he winds up, you know, like, getting involved with some kind of crazy cult. Close. I'm going to jump in and cut you off, because you're close. You're so close. Damn it. He finds out that she may have fooled around, may have cheated. He doesn't know the details. Uh, So he goes out to try and fool around, and that's when he finds a cult. And he is fascinated by what's happening. He wants to know more, so he secretly goes to one of their meetings dressed in costume and thinks that he's being sneaky by showing up, but everyone at this cult and their secret meetings knows each other really goddamn well. Well, it's a sex cult, right? So, I mean... See, they're all in masks and hoods and robes. Okay, well, we haven't watched it yet, so, you know. No, 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 I'm I'm explaining it the way I am for a reason. Anyway, uh, they know that he doesn't belong, and they know who he is. And then, yeah, and the rest of the movie is basically him just dealing with the consequences of going to this club, and well, uh, life goes on until it doesn't. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I I love our sounds of complete non-committal. Yep. Uh, (laughs) All right, fine. Let's get this shit over with. Okay. Sorry, I just don't really like Tom Cruise very much. Right, and welcome back. We just sat through a f- almost three-hour movie. Yeah. Two hours and 38 minutes. Yeah, I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten how long it is. Uh, Very long movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let me go ahead and say right out of the gate, yes, I know it could have been shorter. It could have been a lot shorter. <laughs> it could have been about two hours shorter and probably yeah. would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. But... For the sake of theatrics, they did not do that. Getting that out of the way, getting the absolute obvious cleared out. What did you guys think? Hmm. It was interesting at times. Yes, I agree with that. That's a fair assessment. I will accept that. Would you like to expand on that or would you like to expand on it? I'm looking at them both like in equal measure here. Yeah, I mean, the uh, they, they definitely um, liked uh, to mind fuck you and make you go, it, did it happen this way? Did it really happen that way? What was that? Who was that behind the mask? And I can and, appreciate all the yeah. glorious, you know, beautiful women. Mm-hmm. I, 
I was entertained for the most part. I mean, I did want to know what happened. I was more, but I was also irritated that it was taking so long to try and figure out what happened, only to still kind of not know entirely what the fuck happened. Okay, so I'll go ahead and mention uh, Stanley Kubrick as a director is notorious for not giving a fuck about the actual happenings and being all about the underlying meanings. So what did you personally draw from this film as it meaning? Sexual frustration does amazing things to people. Fair enough. <laughs> and and you? Um, to me, it was uh, a movie about uh, how toxic and destructive jealousy can be. Yeah, that too. Yeah? Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to formulate a question about specifically the cult because ostensibly that's the most interesting aspect of the film. Yeah. yeah it was... doesn't get a lot of airtime. <laughs> no, but... not at all. Which is funny because I think I remember you saying this in the intro that people focus on that part, but it's not really actually a huge like runtime not... wise. It's not, a, it's, they don't, it's not the point. It, it's not you know. a huge part of the movie. I mean, it's, it's in some ways it is, but like you only, he's only there for like 20 minutes or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. 20 tops, I, mm-hmm. I think closer to 15 total. I didn't time it. Um, he certainly spends a lot of time chasing the cult, yeah. but doesn't get a lot of answers. Um, what little bit of answers he gets are very illusory at best. Um, so just so, so what, what was your impression of all of that? Of the cult? Yeah. Um, I'm not certain. It's either just a bunch of rich fucks who want to privately get their bone on with a whole bunch of different people. Yeah. Or it's a crazy satanic thing. Mm. But I'm personally, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards the crazy rich fucks who just really want to lean into the secret society thing just for shits and giggles. I'm with her. Fair enough. Um, so something that I had mentioned uh, before recording uh, during the film itself uh, the young girl at the costume shop, uh, it's been determined by rabid fans of this film that what she whispered in uh, Bill slash Tom's ear. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I just realized we never actually did a summary. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I yeah, you got to do the timer thing. Yeah, I'm going to time yourself. <laughs> I got it. I mean, unless one of you want to do it. I vote Bran. Oh, okay. Just got to hit the play button. You ready? As I'll ever be. All right. A minute 30 on the clock and go. Tom Cruise finds out that his wife, Nicole Kidman, really, really, really wanted to bang this naval dude. And he gets really jealous about it. So he starts wandering the streets of question mark, maybe New York City. But I mean, it was filmed in London. So we don't really fucking know where. But he goes out on the city streets, uh, meets a prostitute, uh, nearly sleeps with her before getting gun shy, goes and meets his friend, a piano player who was at a party that he went to earlier that evening. And finds out from the piano player that there is going to be this weird get-together at a house. So he goes to the house, and he meets a cult. And he thinks he's being slick, but the cult is like, Nay, nay, we know you're here. And then they threaten him, and they kick him out. Uh, He continues on the rest of his night, angry, bitter, and sad, and goes home. And his wife shares a dream that is basically, Hey, you're a cuckold, and I laughed at you in my sleep. Ha ha! And he doesn't feel great about that, so he goes to investigate the cult further and find out what happened to his friend, what uh, came to be of certain people that he thought he may have recognized there. 
and things get weirder and weirder, and then he goes home and cries to his wife, and they decide they're going to have sex at the end. Um, you still have 20 seconds left. That's impressive. Woo! See, two hours and 38 minutes. Wrapped up in less than in less than 90 a seconds. <laughs> yep. Yep. Come God. on, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, get out of your grave and remake this thing. <laughs> or, or don't. Or don't. Uh, anyway, uh, so where was I? What was I saying? Up Before? your butt. You were saying stuff about how the cult is like a lot of people focus on the cult, but it's not a oh, huge part of the movie. Technically, and, I'd actually move past that. Yeah. Um, and the woman that was whispering stuff. Oh, yes. That's where we were. The, uh, the young woman. girl, not even woman, young girl. Who her dad was pimping her out and that was very yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. It's it's a horrible moment. But yes. uh, what makes it even weirder is she, fans have determined that what she's whispering is the exact color of cloak that he needs to wear to blend in at this little masquerade I'm curious cult party. how fans determined that because he was right. planning on getting a black one right. and he gets a black one. Right. The interior needed to be a specific color. What color was the interior? I, I don't know. Noticed. I, I, thought I was, honestly don't know. I hmm. thought it was black. Mm, surprisingly, no. Apparently it is actually a specific color. I think it's a very, very dark shade of green, if I remember right. But uh, basically what they did is they used uh, HD copies of the film loaded onto a laptop and they listened with headphones the same borderline psychotic way that you scan through podcasts that you're editing to make sure that everything is as beautiful and crisp as possible. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. And they were desperately trying to listen in and see what she was saying. And the best that anyone can determine is uh, some of the effects of you're looking for such and such color or it needs to be such and such. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's just a very small little detail and people have latched onto it because... Kubrick tends to make his movies a little inscrutable. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shall we get to favorite things? I was going to say, it doesn't feel like there's really much to say about this movie. Not mm-hmm. a lot actually happens in it, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was surprisingly, um, yeah, like when it, there's that. Um, when it got, like, I mean, I'm glad I've seen it now, um, but it's definitely not a movie I think I need to watch again. Right, um, for sure. But yeah, like when you're saying not a whole lot happens, like when we got to the end... Um, and maybe it's because the pace finally picked up somewhere along the way. Um, but, uh, yeah, when we got to the end, I was like, oh, that was, that That was was the end. That was it. I could have, I expected another, I felt like there was another hour of that coming. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't you glad there wasn't another hour of it coming? I really was glad. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess let's go forward with favorite things. Yeah. I got one. What you got? I enjoyed the music in this film. Fair enough. I I feel like you may have just screwed over Bran a little bit. Oh, my bad. I, I That was on my list, but I also had a backup favorite thing. Cool. Right, excellent. We're good. So. No, I thought the music was used really well throughout this film as far as, like, trying to keep um, you... Oh, Marty Fowl. I didn't spill. It was just the condensation, and I didn't want the condensation on the mixer. Yeah, that's, that's expensive yeah. stuff. I, I didn't realize it wasn't a spill. Anyway, yes. Uh, I just... I felt like the music did a really good job of um, keeping... The main thing that kept me engrossed was the music. It really helped with the tone and then also the tone, with the uh, suspense. And, suspense, um, how I was yeah. responding to things helped because of the music. It, yeah. just, it was very notable in this film, and I think it's because there's so much silence. Yeah. Mm. Because he's going through observing all these things about people, which means if there is no music, you're going to be hearing whatever the like sounds of the streets are supposed to sound like. So... With this music, it makes it just more prominent since he's mostly observing and thinking about things throughout this movie. I'd agree with that. And what is yours, Brannigan? Um, 
there was a few like fairly small characters who really yeah there was so much personality despite like yep. they weren't very large characters like the hotel clerk who's he played was by my favorite um, alan um alan cummings cummings that's the last name he was my favorite yeah. uh and then there was the guy at the uh the costume shop who then turned out to be creepy pimping out his daughter guy yep but like he had such little like i mean he basically had like that that first scene and then the smaller second scene but like he brought so much to his character just in that one scene right it was a lot of fun i could i could definitely agree with that yeah uh i think for me my favorite thing is how much relied on just knowing glances especially i think my favorite is actually during uh specifically the cult scene uh there's that one masked figure that just turns their head and uh-huh. looks at Tom and just nods mm-hmm. and just waits to see what's going to happen. And then Tom nods and that that look just permeates a few seconds longer before finally it shifts away. And it's like you know something is something is being thought there, something is being communicated. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to know what. It just, it sends chills down my spine every single time. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, that scene kind of makes, like, it kind of um, puts you at ease because you think, oh, he he got a nod. He's been acknowledged and like, you know. And nothing the, bad happened. Yeah, nothing bad happened. Not yet. So like, oh, maybe everything's fine. Could yeah. puts you at a, give you a false sense of security or something like that. And then everything hit the fan <laughs> right see i interpreted it totally differently the fact that that look went on just a little too long i was my thought is oh nod is the wrong response mm. the second that he nodded he had outed himself as someone who is not from this hmm. well and as the other guy said that you know revealed himself to be there he's like you showed up in a taxi and everybody else yeah. at this place shows up in a fucking limo yeah <laughs> like it there was that so there's that too but i i mean admittedly that is for that was for me probably one of the most interesting scenes out of the entire movie and it's not because they have beautiful people fucking each mm. other it's just like this is you know it felt like this is I think for most people, a lot of people would think this is where the movie is leading. This is what it's leading up to. This is what we can expect. And like, this is where things are really going to take off and get kind of weird. And then like, no, that didn't really happen either. It was more like, seriously, dude, (laughs) you're not supposed to be here. What the fuck? Go away. It was, it was all, I mean, like, yeah, the tension during his time there. Right. Even, even like, you know. Palpable. Yeah. Even while he's just, like, walking through, watching the people fucking stuff, I was just waiting for something to go wrong. You know, yeah. he was just waiting for somebody to walk out from a door and, and do exactly what happened. Right. <laughs> Which was, and, you know, initially I just expected, you know, when they said his taxi was here, I thought that that's just going to be, that they were just going to, like, lead him outside and lock him out. And so when they brought him back to that one room and there's, like, the whole circle, I was like, oh, shit. A stomach mm-hmm. drop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's really impressive how Kubrick managed to shove that many beautiful naked people into a space and it's not sexually pleasing to look at in any capacity. Your stomach is just dangling Because you're your waiting chest. for the other yeah. shoe to drop. Yeah. You're just like, oh, God, which one of these pretty people is going to off this fucker? Yeah, too busy to be horny. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. That, that's, that would make a really good biography title. <laughs> <laughs> too busy to be horny. Mm-hmm. You know, a porn star needs to use that <laughs> just as the name of their autobiography. Please, someone. I think that they would be pretty horny, though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like even if... Too even... busy to be horny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not... We'll have to ask. We'll f- have to find a porn star and ask them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's professionalism. It's not pleasure. It's 
it's it's work yeah anyway okay so uh i'm going to provide a caveat of before the next question we know what the next question is yes we do that's how the show works for the love of god do not say oh it was so slow or oh it was so long we already know that let's pick something different least favorite things um for me i actually i i this was kind of hard but i felt like the story should have been told another way from another angle i guess for lack of a better phrase but like i was much more interested slash invested because aside from the whole sex cult scene, the more the most interesting scene in the movie was him and Nicole was Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. As far as like her having her monologue about wanting to fuck this guy, this naval officer, and things like that, and I'm like, okay, clearly something's wrong with your marriage and shit. And I'm much more interested in how that fell apart. Was it ever good? Like, oh, see, that's I the was, interesting thing is during her monologue, she says outright. She had never loved Bill more. Things had never been better. I get that. But clearly something is wrong, like flames are dying out, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I was more interested in it from that perspective than like this lady just confessed that, yeah, she gets a wandering eye every now and then when a hot guy gives her a certain look. And, you know, he spirals into a tizzy and accidentally walks into a secret sex cult meeting type of thing or Mm -hmm. party, whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I don't know. Now, granted, I like... That's probably just like the, I don't know, romance reader slash writer <laughs> in me. So I get it. I'm biased. But at the same time, it this movie reminded me so much of Catcher in the Rye. And that just pissed me off because I hated that book. <laughs> I hated, mm. I hated having to read it for school. I hated that book. I know Noel's going to like chew me a new one later because he mm. loves that book. No, no, I don't. So. I've never read that book and I don't give a shit about that book. But my question is, because I've never read that book, can you tell me what the comparison is? Because I don't comprehend it. What I know about so, the book, I can't see so any similarity. For me personally, and I understand there are probably that academics that will disagree. But when I read Catcher in the Rye, it was basically about a boy wandering around thinking about a lot of things, not actually doing a fucking thing. And mm. it drove okay. me absolutely bonkers. I was like, I'm wasting my fucking time reading this book, but I was required to read it. So, and since I wasn't a, like, I was a committed student, I read the fucking thing, but I was still pissed off that I read it because it felt like a waste of time. And this felt like that, in movie form. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to provide a corollary. The reason that I like this film quite a lot is I actually read it more in line with a variation of the Orphic myths, uh, Orpheus specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of someone traveling down into the underworld, which there's a very obvious corollary right. between the underworld and the sex cult. Right. And being given half a chance to try and sort of prove themselves and then being summarily kicked out when they fail and facing the consequences of that. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't fit perfectly because there is so much left of the movie that has absolutely nothing to do with him facing consequences for his actions. He's basically just wandering around feeling bad about himself. Right. But by the same token, I don't read it as just a guy wandering around doing nothing it's a guy desperately trying to get his foot in a door that he is not meant to get his foot into and that i find fascinating it's interesting i hadn't i hadn't like looked at it through that lens but now that you put it that way that's that's it kind of clicks right it kind of works yeah 
It's like, I'm, I'm still toying with the metaphor. I'd need to sit and think about it for a while longer to make it completely work. Because uh, it's been forever since I last watched this movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's sort of where my head went with it, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I see the appeal, and the movie is still, like, has its moments where it's still entertaining. It's got good actors in it. Oh, um, I'll tell you this much. This movie was critically panned and despised when it first came out. I'm sure. Really? Well, yeah. I can understand why, because if you're like me that doesn't connect with some with things like that, it, it's not going to... It's going to get old kind of quick, mm. basically. So, yeah, I... But that was my that was my thing. What I found the most interesting, they kind of for me ignored in the movie, mm. for the most part. Yeah. And that's what I was more interested in: not seeing this guy walk around feel, feeling sorry for himself and then stumbling into whatever he stumbled into. Though I understand that happens to people. Yeah. So that was just. But for me, the but as far as like me wanting to be entertained by watching a movie and whatever happens, that you know, it's this would say, not be my first choice. It's kind of like with um. Uh, with me and uh, Insidious, like watching the movie after they in- introduced those two ghost hunter guys, I'm like, I want to watch a movie about right. them. Right. <laughs> those are the characters I want right. to know about. They're like they're with their cool little uh, gadgets and, and their their and their whole like relationship and banter and bickering that they have yeah. with each other was really interesting. And like, how did they how did they hook up with this old? Um, how did this even happen? Know, old seance lady. I'm blanking on the word medium. medium. There we go. That's what I wanted. Yes. Well, yeah, that's her name. But I was uh, not I that I remembered that uh, but, in like, that episode that the third film is actually about how they all met, the three of them. No, you didn't. Or maybe you did, but I forgot. Uh, I don't remember hearing that. Yeah, so uh, shorthand version, uh, Specs and What's-His-Face. Tucker. Thank you. See, you cared much more about I was going to say, she <laughs> really <laughs> does want to see a movie about yeah, those two. Uh, Specs and Tucker uh, were already kind of vaguely working together, but didn't get along. Which you also saw in the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were not wearing any kind of spiffy suits at the time. They were just schlubs in t-shirts. Uh-huh. And they got hired and came in to just do testing because, uh-huh. well, that's what happens when it's ghosts. It's like, oh, yeah. But much earlier in the film, the girl who was the main character had gone to Elise in a bid to try and commune with her dead mother. So Elise comes back in saying, no, 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 there's an actual situation here. Specs and Tucker are like, who the hell are you? Elise is like, I'm amazing. And Specs yeah. is like, I <laughs> okay. accept this. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, that works. Yeah, and Tucker's like, I'm not convinced. And Elise is like, we should work together. And Tucker's like, okay, now I'm convinced. <laughs> and that's basically the entire movie. Is All right. That's the movie. Yeah. They, so they, they got like a mini, another episode of another movie that we just didn't watch. So it's kind of, this episode is kind of like a twofer. Yeah. There you yeah, go. There you go. But anyway, to get back to... Uh, Your least favorite thing. Yeah, my least favorite thing. Um, you, you kind of touched on it earlier and I kind of touched on my least favorite thing earlier, but like you were saying, nothing really happens in the movie. And I just found that a bit frustrating. Um, it just, like everything was left unfinished right. to yeah. me. Like, so he goes to have sex with the, well, he, the sex worker picks him up and he goes to have sex with her. And then he, he gets cold feet or gun shy, as you said. And then, um, uh, then what was the other thing? He went and he was like, uh, going to do something. And I fucking forgot. Um, but yeah, he just kept, uh, like... He went from the hooker to the jazz club. The jazz club. Okay, yeah. And he was just getting there, like, right at the end. And, like, he's with his buddy. And his buddy's like, oh, I gotta leave. And it just, like, everything kept feeling unfinished. And then he gets to the place. And then he 
like gets kicked out of, gets the, kicked place. Out of the place and then he goes to the sex worker's roommate who presumably also a sex worker um and she's like yeah hiv no. yeah um and uh yeah and then just the whole movie felt unfinished like i was saying when we got to the end i was like oh it's that was the end. Well, I mean, and it also just, before that, the two ladies that were hitting on him at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, yeah. That's the other thing I was yeah. thinking of. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's right. Just, um, I'll actually say I do really actually like that. Yeah. Because. Symbolic, I suppose. Well, not even just yeah. symbology. It, it's this idea of there's a lot of little stories all on the same subject, all playing out in the same night. Mm-hmm. And he's intersecting through all of them. He doesn't necessarily have a story himself. But he's creating this story for himself by intersecting with all these other much more interesting little vignettes. Mm -hmm. And along the way, he's learning what the hell it is he actually wants out of life. And it's that he just wants to go home and cry in his wife's lap and feel better. And figure out how to make the relationship work. Yeah, Yeah. because he's just sad. That's all he is, is just sad and angry and he just needs a hug. Yeah. But that he doesn't know that yet. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, in addition to that, I was also just like, man, he really got big mad about his wife, like, getting looked at by another man, but also, like, his wife, it's kind of like she she said the quiet part out loud, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I've been in a long-term relationship, and sometimes you see somebody else, and sometimes you you fantasize about them, even if it means fucking nothing, and you'd probably never actually do anything. Right. But you don't tell your partner about that. That was my other thing, where she she went on and on about that fucking dream, and I'm like, don't you think now would be the good time to stop? Yeah. Why can't you just say I had a really bad dream about us? I'm talking more about the the naval officer thing, where she just, like, talked about that, and it's just Right, well, that's included with it, yes. I mean, all of that stuff, but the big thing, like, what solidified it was like was she went on about this dream and i'm just like i think you should stop talking right now because this is not helping anybody yeah yeah like, like you had pointed out during the movie it's like come on you need to get over this but as i said if she hadn't told him about the dream in such lurid detail he would have been fine yeah he had come home he was gonna lie down and then she started telling him this dream and you could just see the fucking anger on his face yeah right but and then he was right back out Right, but I mean, again, that was one of my frustrations where I was like, it doesn't do anybody any good. It's not really doing you any good unless Mm -hmm. you're purposely trying to piss off your partner, which is a shitty thing to do. It potentially could have been what was going on. Right, potentially, but still, shitty thing to do if that's the case. Um, You know, but that was one of those things where I'm like, I think you can stop talking now. Yeah. You should stop because it's not helping anybody. It's not helping your partner. It sure as hell is not helping your relationship. Yeah. But there were definitely like signs like when she was dancing with the guy. Right. And she ultimately like just realized, no, no, I can't do this. Can't do it. Like, you know, maybe, maybe she really was just unhappy in the marriage. Maybe she just wanted little things she could say just to bring him down because he was the breadwinner in the family. She hadn't been able to work. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe she was stuck at home with their daughter. Yeah. Bored and powerless. And she just wanted a little bit of power over him or something. Like oh, that. I think Noel's having an epiphany over yeah, there. Have you not considered be. this before? I stopped listening to either one of you about 30 it. seconds ago. Yeah, I guess um, There was something that you said. I can't even remember what now, but I pinged on what it was about this film that was my least favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And that made me realize, because I won't even touch that yet, because I, I realized I just sort of completely derailed the conversation. Oh, you're fine. But my, my, my thing was kind of over. Ellie and I were just kind of off on a tangent. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but I realize it's not that it's an Orphic myth retold. It's Dante's Inferno retold. I'm not familiar enough with the yeah. Inferno. 
Okay, so it, it's person goes on a journey through the circles of hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the original uh, poem, it was Dante being led by Virgil through the different circles. Mm-hmm. And each circle uh, is punishing a different sin in a different unique way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know how it's always this question of uh, suicides are supposed to go to hell, but what does that look like? Mm-hmm. They become trees. And they mm-hmm. are forever trapped in their sadness and suffering in the form of a tree. And occasionally, demons demon just comes through and breaks off one of the branches of the tree. Owie. Yeah. Doesn't feel great, according to the poem. Anyway. Yikes. So... I already touched on the idea that he is traveling through all these other vignettes. Think of the vignettes as circles of hell. And in the most generalist, most medieval term, think of each vignette as we're meeting a different shade of sinner. Hmm. They're all committing sins of some kind or another. Who's the nicest character in the story you can think of? The Mm. guy at the hotel. Okay, uh, he is played very, very flamboyantly, very obviously a gay character. In medieval terms, he would be going to hell. Uh, Then there is Nick Nightingale. We confirmed he is cheating on his wife, probably with that cafe waitress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then there is the prostitute. Jesus Christ, she's a fucking prostitute. It's red on the tin. Mm -hmm. Uh, The prostitute's roommate, also probably a prostitute. There you go. Every seemingly nice character in the film is a sinful, sinful person that's going into hell. This story is hell. So... Are we counting the lady that tried to, like, quote-unquote, save him if we believe that she saved him from this cult? Or yeah, she's part of the cult. She she is part of hell. She's actually ostensibly one of the demons. Okay. She is probably Virgil in this case. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting takeaway. I can get, yeah. I can, I can get behind that. And yeah. uh, since, since you were done, I'll go ahead and mention real quick my least favorite thing is that there isn't a single good character in this movie. Everyone is shitty mm. in a different flavor, including Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. All of them. Yeah. Hell, even the director. The fucking director was <laughs> shitty, too. All of them were shitty in their own unique, wonderful way. Mm-hmm. The daughter. I was going to say the daughter might be uh, the only Helena. one. The only She's one. probably fine. She's For kid. now. She's, She's a kid. <laughs> Fuck it. She's clearly evil. <laughs> I was gonna say she's a kid. She hasn't yet had that had enough life happen to her to like turn her into whatever. Yeah, to be a bad know. person yet. Yeah, for her to put <laughs> yeah. two and two together with what's going on with her parents and stuff like oh, that. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Maybe she was unbaptized. They they go to uh, oh boy limbo, and that is part of hell. That's so. where I'm going. Hey, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm high fiving you. I, yeah. I was baptized. Okay. I was gonna say. I was also baptized. So. Yeah. I don't know if it means fucking anything. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to hell anyway for mm-hmm. a lot of other reasons, but mm-hmm. that's besides the point. <laughs> See you guys there. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'll bring ice water. I'll be yeah. the only one for my family who's going to be going to limbo because my sister chose to get baptized when she was Did like really? nine or ten. Yeah. No she, all of her friends went to church and she's like, oh, I want to go to church. So she and my dad started going to church. And we went on for like two years. And then the, um, the uh, priest, she liked, left and they got a new one who um because it was a catholic church and he right. liked to do a lot of stuff a lot of latin readings and that's not super exciting for a child right <laughs> so my sister got bored and didn't want to go anymore my dad's like yeah all right yeah i did i did choose to get rebaptized again when i was a preteen so yeah i Interesting. did well i was going through a lot of stuff but yes i found some comfort in that at the time and i went through yeah. it with my i went through it with my best friend hmm. so yeah very still, interesting yeah we were going through a lot of shit but i mean still find comfort in it but again if you're looking at it from that very specific scope probably not going to help me in the grand scheme of things now i'd like to think that you know god doesn't have time to keep rules like that like yeah. and, like check shut check off stuff like that but 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I, the only thing I'm sure of is that I know nothing for sure. <laughs> I've got a personal belief about what God is like if there is God, mm-hmm. and I usually get made fan of for that. For so I'm I'm not going to read that and not read, read that. I'm not going to say that into a microphone and it be on the public record mm-hmm. for me to be insulted with much later. Well, we could always just cut that shit out. I mean, I could always cut that shit out, right? Because I'm magical. But anyway, right. now we'll we'll get yeah. into that after. Man, the they got a twofer yeah. in this episode. <laughs> religious talk in this episode. You get everything in this episode. Yeah, yeah I like kinda. to keep it simple. I believe that when I die, I will rot, and nothing of my ego shall remain. No, you're going to hell. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so shall we get into the third thing? Let's do it. Yes, let's roll that dice. Bloop. Oh, uh, unlucky 13. Oh, Ooh. boy. It makes sense in a movie with a cult. Yeah, and, and also, actually, uh, this granted, also makes a lot of we were sense. were talking about, they always makes do sense. seem to, well, not always, they frequently do seem to make very good sense. Mm-hmm. The movie is now a Greek tragedy. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> no. Wait, wait. Who dies and who survives? Um, if it's a tra, I think Kidman would have to die if it's going to be a Greek tragedy. I would agree with that. So I think Kidman's character would die. I think the child would have to die. Yeah, I think Cruz survives. Yes, yeah. Cruz would survive. To his his punishment is having to live with what's happened. Yep. Yeah. I would say that the person that um the prostitute that helped him in the cult needs to stay dead. That however they choose to work that, mm-hmm. if they choose to change that up, she still needs to die. The um, HIV positive prostitute functionally dead. Yep. Um, and we never really did find out what happened with Mr. Piano Man Nick. So did, yeah, was he put on a plane back to Seattle or is he or dead not? also? Yeah. That was my that was my other thing where he's like nothing's happened happened to him. All we did was put him on a plane to Seattle. Okay, get that fucker on the phone then. <laughs> so yeah, I liked how you picked up on that because I hadn't. So I'm just saying it's a very easy way to prove your story. Yeah. If there's somebody that's alive, uh, I get that. Get them on the phone. Yeah, I get that. But these people had phones in the movie. There was no excuse not to do that. <laughs> I get that. But again, it's just not something that my dense ass had thought of. I was like, okay, maybe he's still alive. I like this character. He's probably still alive, right? So yeah, yeah. There was something very Edward Norton about him. Yeah, there was. I would agree with that. I don't know if it's just his appearance or what, but I was trying yeah. to actually figure out who the actor is because I feel like I recognize him. I to the up, Google but I, machine. The name didn't look familiar, so I didn't. Yeah, it might look it familiar to, to me. Uh, no, Todd Field. No, don't recognize him. Never mind. Has he been in anything else? Uh, Probably working on it. Uh, apparently he's mainly a director now oh really Uh, he's gotten uh eight academy award nominations good for him yeah nice what's he directed snaps Uh, to you sir uh, only two films Mm. a lot of short films but only two films in the bedroom and little children Hmm. i have not seen yeah i've not seen either of them what about short films which ones did he do uh, the Dog, Too Romantic, When I Was a Boy, The Tree, Delivering, and Nani and Alex. Nope. Those aren't ringing a bell. Maybe The Dog. Maybe. My, I, I don't really know short films. Uh, know. He has done a lot of acting. Actually, I shouldn't say that. He stopped acting seemingly in 2003. Hmm. Hmm. Decided to switch to behind the camera. You know, that's pretty common. Yeah. Well, see, it you, also seems you get like... familiar with it and you kind of want to try th- certain things out yourself. It also seems like he kind of stepped away from that, too, though, because In the Bedroom was in 2001 and Little Children was in 2006. It does look like apparently he is directing a film. Uh, production begins in September of this year, actually. Ah. Yeah. So, to be uh, continued. Well, se- yeah, this past September for the audience, because this <laughs> is coming out the day after Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Fucking. 
If you Hi. if you celebrate Thanksgiving. Hi. Who are you, Ross? Yeah, what what are you doing? I don't, I, I don't get that. I was joke. saying hi to the audience. Oh, and I just said hi, and then you were staring at me. and You're like, what? So I said well, you're again. staring at me and saying it. And it's like, what hi. the fuck? <laughs> hi. Hello. Oh boy. Yeah, sexy. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, excuse you, sir. I'm too busy to be horny. <laughs> but I'm Tish. <laughs> all right. I'm not paid enough to tolerate this, so let's keep or it moving. Or anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we make no money off of this so far. Anyway. Uh, but we still right. enjoy it. You're welcome to... Oh, I'm probably jumping the gun. Anyway, carry on. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was going to say you're welcome to join the Patreon if you want to help us get paid to do this show. Yeah, by the time that you're listening to this, uh, the Patreon now has oodles and umptles of delicious tears and i i don't mean crying tears i mean like levels that you t-i-e-r-s yeah those and you can pay at different levels to get different extra bonuses such as episodes in advance and extra little googies and we 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 provide we provide we're nice touching Oh, there's one thing I forgot to mention, and Null didn't really have a response, but uh, Ellie and I both were kind of thinking about it during the movie. Oh, y- you may recall previously we watched uh, American Psycho, yeah, and uh, yeah, we got, and uh, we talked in that episode about um, about that we'd heard that Christian Bale had based his performance of Patrick Bateman on Tom Cruise, and uh, in watching this movie, we're kind of like, was it? Was it this performance of Tom Cruise that inspired Bateman? Because strong some, vibes. Yeah, strong Bateman vibes. Strong <laughs> vibes. And unfortunately, I don't have evidence one way or another to, yeah. to disprove or confirm. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to ring up um, Christian Bale and just yeah. Oh, yeah, totally fucking convenient to do. Excuse me, I have to make have. a phone call. Yes. I'll be back. Anyway, so uh, the show email is lscpod at gmail.com. This is correct. And uh, if you want to tweet at the show, uh, the Twitter is at LSCPod. And unfortunately, I run that, so you might not hear back for a hot minute because I'm terrible at running Twitters <laughs> of any sort. Uh, to those ends, uh, you should probably not really pay too much attention to MXM Null because I'm like never on there. But you might be able to get hold of Brannigan, who's that? Yeah, I'm at Brannigan Star with two R's, and if you tweet at me, I'll probably notice, and I'll probably tweet back, as long as you say something nice. Mm. If you say something rude, I'll probably just block you. Well, don't forget the Instagram. There is. There's an Instagram, which I run, and that is Longshot Club, I think? We do yes. this every episode. Yes. We forget every you, you're episode. You're better, at, li- at least this time, because you didn't try to add the. Yeah. So you're getting better. I should write it on the sheet to help yeah. me remember. The sheet changes every time. Mm. I, I don't hand you the same sheet every single time. Okay, I'll write it on all of them then. All right. Please don't. Well, anyway. and don't forget, you guys have another podcast. Oh, also, we hold on. Before yeah. we get to that, uh, also, none of these things are run by Ellie. Just... Don't don't worry about her. She's just a voice in your ear at night, and then she goes away. Well, I'm the least interesting person at this table anyway. Oh, that's a goddamn so lie. I'm, I'm sure they're not paying attention to me. They're like, we don't care about this person because she's way too one-dimensional. So, oh. way, way too wonderful is more like it. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, wonderful. we do run that's another thing, podcast. Right? I wasn't listening. What? It was a dumb joke. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also run another podcast. Uh, it's called Midtown Mythos. Yep. Um, I made a game a long time ago called Midtown Mythos. So creative, I know. Uh, it's an urban fantasy tabletop game. I feel so bad calling it urban fantasy because it's straight up goddamn horror. I have to acknowledge that. It's, I, it's horrific urban fantasy. Yeah. yeah. 
But you guys have a good time doing that. Sometimes, yeah, it's absolutely. It's not like anything we do on this show. So if you need to change it up, that's an option. Yeah, usually I'm very mean, and then every now and then I'm surprisingly nice. I somehow tricked Brand into thinking that this was a good idea. I don't yes. know how. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how either. And now we're stuck. Yeah, almost three years in. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. nonsense. Mm-hmm. Dear God, please kill yeah. us. Set us not, free. Well, I mean, you are working on that at least for Brand's oh, character. Oh no, yes, almost. Uh, well, time actually, by the time this, by the time that this episode comes yeah. out, it'll have been three years. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that just leaves the hint for next episode. Did you ever come up with one? Dun dun dun. Kind of. Kind of. Are you just gonna bark the name of the movie? <laughs> I considered it to be perfectly honest. <laughs> ah, ah. That's terrible. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to tell you just a tiny little bit about the movie because I couldn't think of a clever hint. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, um, there's, well, <laughs> you might find what you're looking for at the end of the maze. Oh, okay. All right. All right, I'll take that. I accept that. Fair enough. 